welcome to the Fit Pro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to fitprobusiness.com to receive your free 30-minute business breakthrough session. Now, here's your host, the In the Trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. What is up, Fit Pros? I want to welcome you to another episode of the Fit Pro Business Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is a brand new series where I'm going to be interviewing in the trenches fitness business owners, and we're going to be learning about their start in the industry, their successes and their struggles in the business, as well as what keeps them motivated. So if you are wanting to move your business forward faster and learn from other business owners that are currently in the trenches doing it, then stay tuned in. Today, I want to welcome Zach Pillow to the show. Zach, how's it going? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Zach Pello is the owner of Pello Fitness, and he is an online coach that started personal training in 2003 in Muncie, Indiana. Zach, so I see that you got started in 2003. Why don't you give the audience a little bit of background of how, why you got started in the fitness industry and, and generally where your start came from? Yeah, man. Originally, I wanted to be an architect, and I did some job shadowing, and I realized being at a desk all day long um, wasn't for me, at least at that time point. So I started looking through a book uh, of all the degrees at Ball State University, and I saw exercise science of all things. And I thought, you know what, man, that should be, that should be fun. So I started uh, school at Ball State uh, for exercise science. And then within my freshman year, like right when I started, I was talking to my old wrestling coach, who's a trainer, and he said, hey, why don't you just come work for me? So right from my freshman year, I started working under a, uh, you know, a state qualified, I mean, the guy, guy's awesome, bodybuilder, oh, wow. just an awesome bodybuilder, uh, he's a natural pro, and he taught me so much, and I got thrown right into it, um, and so I did that for about five years with him, and it was all semi-private training, um, and then I did some bodybuilding shows myself, so I learned more about nutrition and just kind of trying to learn how to implement that with clients. Uh, yeah, that's so, awesome. So uh, initially you started with a mentor that kind of taught you the ropes, kind of got you into the industry, and I did the same thing myself. I, I Right out of college, I played baseball in college. You, you obviously wrestled, but um, I thought I was going to be a teacher and coach, and when I, I got married right out of college, I, right after I graduated, I needed to find work right away, so I started working for an insurance company taking phone calls like all day. It was like the worst job ever, you know, coming from an athletic background and always being on my feet and active. Um, so I was like, man, this is not going to work for me. So I thought initially I was going to go back and be a teacher and coach, but um, I realized right away I didn't want to teach. So that's when I started going into the personal industry route. And I also worked underneath a mentor that did semi-private training as well and taught me so much. He was pretty big in the bodybuilding industry as well. His name is Leo Costa Jr. Um, he wrote books like Big Beyond Belief, and he's been yeah. around for a really long time. Wow. So I learned um, underneath him, but I think it's what's a, the important value of what your story is and my story is, is that, you know, it's important to find mentors or coaches that are going to help mentor you and teach you how to run a business or not run a business because you can learn from both ways both ways but um i just think it's interesting that and i think it's important for other fitness business owners that are looking to either get into the industry or that are currently industry industry to find somebody that's doing what you want to do and then also and model it absolutely no that's that's a great point i mean think of all the things that they kept us from doing 
that were probably going to be wrong for us. I mean, it, it's like the fast track to success. Really. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's so many ins and outs and these people, mentors, people that have been there for a long time, they've done it all. So I think that that really, really made the difference in me getting started. Absolutely. Now you've been in the industry for a long time. What are some of the changes that you've seen and what kind of has gotten you to where you're at now? Yeah. So after I left that gym, I started another gym as a subcontracted employee. So um, basically it's kind of running my own business and I wasn't fed clients. So it took some time to grow my business. But over time, I got to a point where I was doing 40, 40 hours of in-person sessions per week. Um, which was great for about a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just like, man, you know, this guy's there for 12 hours a day. And yep. <clears throat> I just kept running in. Like everybody, I was keeping people for years. And the problem is that, you know how it is, after someone's been training for a year or two, I mean, they're getting some progress, but they've kind of stopped getting, like, noticeable changes. Sure, sure. And that, that was another thing. So I was, I was kind of getting burned out with all the hours, but I was also not seeing the changes I wanted in my clients. And that's when I started to try to strategize, you know, what's the next step? How can I take on new clients? Because I was booked all the time. So mm-hmm. it's hard to take right. new clients at that point, right? Right. There's only so many hours in the day where you can actually be in front of somebody training and how are you going to, you're trying to figure out how you're going to leverage yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I was a little bit limited at the gym I was at because, you know, I'm subcontracted. They, they preferred us to keep the same prices. Um, so I couldn't just jack my prices up, which would have helped. Um, so I started dabbling with some online coaching, specifically nutrition mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And as soon as I started doing that, I saw that, wow, this is a great opportunity for me to somehow integrate that, not only with online, but also with my current clients to start getting better results because, you know, nutrition is a big part of it. Right, absolutely. I think it's important, like, when you're in, in business to try to find ways to leverage yourself and also find ways to increase your revenue, either that by adding, charging more per session or doing, going from a one-on-one to semi-private or if you own a facility, bringing in additional staff that you can leverage staff so you're not trading your hours for dollars, they're trading their hours for dollars. So. Um, I think it's important to learn how to leverage yourself and find ways to make additional revenue. Absolutely. And I think that's the key. You have to be creative with this sometimes. Uh, each situation is different. Um, because I was in the setting that I was in, I had some limitations uh, just because of the gym, gym's rules and stuff. But right. not a big deal because, like, you know, being creative, you can work around it. So I started doing the online. I started implementing it with my in-person clients. Uh, as well, so it was able to increase my revenue a little bit there. But over time, I decided that I'd only take on hybrid clients. So anybody new that came in, they were going to do online nutrition coaching along with the personal training, no matter what. That was like, you know, just something I would never bend on. Right. So that was a way for you to um, not only have to see them in person in in their training session, but leverage your online presence as well and, and increase probably your revenue as well. Yeah, exactly. And I had to frame it right to clients and saying like, look, you're going to do one workout with me per week, but I'm going to write up your workout plans for Wednesday, Friday as well on your own. And the goal is here to get you to do this on your own so you don't need me as much. Right. And it allowed you to probably take on quite a few more clients as well, right? Right. Correct. Absolutely. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, there's been a big push to transitioning businesses from brick and mortar or in person to online. What has been the biggest challenge for you for finding clients online and also just getting them into your system? I think, honestly, the biggest part was figuring out, like, how to get people on sales calls or concept, you know, discovery calls, yeah, yeah. strategy Whatever calls. you want to call them. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but trying to get people on in those calls was huge. And then gaining the confidence to charge something that's so intangible when I was used to selling personal training sessions. Right. Like, that was the biggest difference, I feel like, having this shift. Because people with personal training, they know they're buying sessions. Right, right. Whereas people online, you have to sell it as selling a result. Right, and I, I think ultimately, even when you're selling in-person training, you're selling them to an end result. You shouldn't be selling them to a month, you know, 12 sessions a month, 15 sessions a month, or what have you. You should be selling them yeah. to a result. So regardless of whether or not, you know, they're doing what they need to do, as long as they're showing up, you're selling them to whatever the end result is. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just that for some reason it seemed easier in person. It was oh, sure, yeah. Like they felt like they were getting something specific. Um, uh, but then also just... The other thing, too, is I had to figure out a system of just getting more leads. Um, and it seems like, it seems so challenging for me, but I really settled on some really simple things that I do. Um, you know, I can go over those if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the lead systems that you currently use to drive in those online leads? I mean, I keep it super simple. I reach out right now to 10 people per day. Nice. So it's all just organic. I just reach out, see how people are doing. I have um, spreadsheets for hot leads, old leads, and leads that don't respond. <laughs> and I love it because you're, I mean, you're talking my kind of language right now with as far as like lead generation and sales because these, sometimes when you get, people are getting into the industry, they think they're just going to post some you know, nice photos of, of themselves on Facebook or on Instagram or some videos of them working out and that's automatically going to drive leads into your business and that's yeah. just not the reality. I mean, if you seriously want to grow your business and you want to maximize your ability to increase your income, you have to like physically reach out to people. You have to have touch points with people and get them into your biosphere of who you are, the audience that you serve, and the value that you can provide to them. Absolutely. And I think you do need to post that content, but you can't do it without also reaching out. And, and I, you know, I'm not sure if everyone knows this or not, but when you actually message people, it, it shows them your stuff more often. So if you're posting content consistently and you start to have conversations, now they're seeing your stuff more often. Nice, because they're engaging with you. So uh, uh, Facebook sees that engagement and then they increase the amount of times that that person can see you. Exactly. Um, so, one of one of the coaches I follow, Eric Lafom, and he talks about um, playing the um, marketing game or touch point game as far as marketing and setting goals for who you're going to, how many people you're going to reach out to on a daily basis. And um, I think that's so key with what you're doing. Like I'm going to reach out to ten people a day, um, and you see how where my response rate, whether they're hot, warm, cold, what have you. I love that. Yeah, and I think like sometimes maybe 10 is too much for, for somebody. Um, maybe that's too much of a commitment. Maybe you're afraid to do it. You're, you get nervous. and So just do five, you know. And you just got to be consistent. It's not a uh, quick fix. It's a long-term solution. 
Right. You know, it's, it's building a foundation, basically, doing it like this. You also talked about, um, I want to just t um, go back a little bit, you talked about, you know, working a lot of hours, 12 hours a day, and I know when I first started my business, I was working 12, 14 hours a day trying to get my business off of the ground and trying to grow clientele, um, and predominantly doing it myself without staff, and it's a really fast way to burn yourself out, but I think it's important to... Um, you had to have that point in your life where you're working that many hours learning, realizing this is, you know, I'm going to burn myself out. And a lot of trainers who um, start their businesses or getting into the industry get to that point too, where at first it's kind of cool because your schedule's booked, but then you realize you're kind of neglecting yourself and probably your family if you have one by working that many hours and it's not sustainable. So you have to find a way to get Right, find the right balance between training clients, increasing your income, and also, you know, being there for your family. Absolutely, and, and you mentioned that, so that's something else um, I probably think I should touch on. I went through all my clients, my in-person clients, and I thought, you know, who would be a good fit to pair up together, right? So, right. Mm -hmm. and I started pairing people together, so I was able to increase my hourly rate, but their prices went down, so that was a win-win. Absolutely. Um, and then I also took people from hours to half hours. Um, and these are all the people that have been with me for years because mm -hmm. that's the key. They just need the appointment at that point. Absolutely. I think uh, that all, all of these things you're saying, I'm like, I agree with you 100%. Like, I've always had a semi-private business and 30-minute sessions, but I'm always still looking for ways that I can add additional services to my business other ways I can bring people in. We just started a 30-minute high-intensity interval circuit. Um, it's a, basically, we're calling it a 30-minute um, blitz is what we're calling it. Mm -hmm. And that's a lower end service that we're offering to our clients that maybe have been with us for a long time, don't need the whole guidance, but want, you know, an appointment and want some general guidance on going through a workout program. But I think that it's important to try to find new ways that you can service clients and not be afraid to, you know, transition them if it's a better uh, for you. And I know it can be really scary. I know it, it, at times making changes in my business has been very scary for me. What are some of the ways that you kind of got over that and those fears of making changes to your business, um, regardless of whether you thought you might lose clients or what have you? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. I, and I still struggle with that because you don't want to let clients down. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't want to. I think that there's definitely a gray area. Like, I don't think you have to go crazy with it and change everything. I think that you can make some exceptions for some clients, which I have. Mm -hmm. um, but I really thought the, the biggest way to change my mindset was to think of ways to make it a benefit to them and me as well. Absolutely. Um, as soon as I did that, it was so much easier for me to put it forth to the client and ask them what they thought. I think, too, after you've established a relationship with clients, they know, like, and trust you. They want what's best for you. And if you approach it from that standpoint, like, hey, this is, you know, the direction I'm going and here's why, and they see that it's a benefit to you as well as it could be a benefit to them, of course they're going to want to do it or at least give it a try. Absolutely. I think, you, you know, it, and if you're afraid to, to talk to your clients, just look at your client list and see, like, who would you feel comfortable talking and start there. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, too, yeah, you're absolutely right, because there's clients that you've had for a long time that are going to be easy transition, and then there's some in there that you know, like, I don't know, this client really likes, because I have a handful of clients, like, I have a, a, a full-time trainer that works in the evenings, and sometimes I'm gone in the evenings at, you know, mixers or what have you, or need something, an appointment with one of my girls, and um, 
I have to leave early, so I leave them with my assistant. Well, I know I have a handful of clients like, oh, totally don't care, like, we'll train with anybody. But then I have a handful of others that are like, oh, no, I don't want to train with him. I only want to train with you. So I think it's just important to find that balance and touch the clients that you know are going to be an easy transition and then maybe work on those clients that are going to be a little bit hard, difficult, and then make maybe make some exceptions based on what you want for your business. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with it. Now, now your transition to the hybrid training, that's, this is a new term that you know, is pretty, you know, we're seeing a lot in our industry now. What is the biggest like, factor in that transition for somebody that maybe is just doing brick and mortar right now and then is looking possibly to transition to that hybrid style training? Like maybe some tools that you're using or some tactics? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think the biggest thing first is to keep it really simple and only offer one or two options. Um, for me, since I've started it, I just do one training session per week, and I also include workouts, homework workouts that they'll be doing, uh, that they'll get via their phone, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, and then nutrition coaching. So it's all included in one monthly price. Okay, so monthly recurring, um, they'll be working out only once a week, and then they will get the nutrition coaching and the extra workouts uh, all delivered to their phone. And I, I, you could just use Google Spreadsheets uh, mm-hmm. initially, because here's the thing, like, imperfect action, I'm so big on. Yeah. So just, I mean, all you need is Google Sheets to write up workout plans on. Don't make it complicated. And then with nutrition coaching, you could, if you want to do it via, like, initially, uh, nutrition coaching calls, if that's what you need to do, because you don't have any systems in place, just do that. So you've got phone and Google Spreadsheets. Really simple, right? Um, or you do the uh, nutrition coaching through email, like simple enough too, and use the spreadsheets to like, you know, show where their goals are and their body weight and all that stuff too. Um, but I think, I mean, obviously just a recurring service, which everybody, if they're running a brick and mortar business, probably already has. Right. I love that imperfect action. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of times when you're trying to look into doing something new, you're looking at all of these different tools, and obviously there's expenses to different tools that you may be trying to use that maybe provide uh, an app or um, an email service that delivers workouts. Um, it can be overwhelming for somebody that's looking to do that transition, but if you just keep it simple, we all have access to Google Docs. We all have access to our phones for nutritional uh, phone calls. Um, and that's a way for you to actually take imperfect action and just get moving. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think you can run a lot of people on Google spreadsheets as well. And, you know, you can get put a folder for each client. You could share the folder to the client. It's, it's really great. Um, now, I transitioned from that, and I'm using a different software with an app and all that stuff. But that took me a couple of years to get to that point. Right, right. So now that you've been in this industry for so long, you've made changes, you've seen in person, you know, working 12, 14 hours a day, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, I don't know if you're like me, but, um, and then now you're transitioning to this hybrid model. So what kind of keeps you motivated to keep making changes to your business and keep, you know, striving for new goals? You know, I think what keeps me motivated, obviously, the biggest motivator is being able to support my kids and my family, number one, I mean, you've got to have a why. And yeah, my goal is to help my clients. That's my surface level goal. I want to get people results. I want to impact their lives. But the real question is, why do I want to do that? It always goes back down to, I want to be able to have the freedom to be able to do things I want to with my kids and my family when I want to. So I'm driving this way. I, I was thinking about this recently. And I'm thinking, I'm like, 
someone said, what's your long-term goal? And I started writing it out. I want to spend time with kids. I want to be able to do things with them. I want to go to their sports. And I'm like, hold on a second. That's not a long-term goal. I've got to push now. Like, right. that has to happen ASAP. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so I started to, like, be, it's easier now to say no to, to extra jobs. Even though someone wants to come, like, I don't have time unless it's, you know, online. Um, and be unapologetic about it because it's, it's my kid's future. So yeah. that's, that's what's been the biggest driver for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you. Like I said, I worked a lot of hours when I first got started my business, but the whole goal for me was to have my wife stay home with our girls when they were little. And I was able to do that. And that required me working a lot of hours because I needed to bring home a lot more money. But now that our girls are 18 and 15, you know, they don't require as much of us as parents anymore, which is nice. But as a, a my whole goal, my whole why was so that my wife could stay home when the girls were little. And, and yeah. fitness and owning a business and running a personal training studio provided that for us. And that's why I'm so grateful for this industry and what it's provided for our family. Um, but at the same time, I think um, I still want, I'm still shooting for new goals. I'm still setting projections for where I want to be, you know, in my 50s, you know, what do I want my business to look like? And I think it's important to project those long-term goals so that you keep having things that you're shooting for. But I also talk a lot about the importance of not comparing yourself to others and not comparing your journey to where you are right now to somebody else's journey. Like, embrace where you're at right now because sometimes that can actually be a demotivator because you're like, oh, man, I'm just not going to get there. or uh, I'm not where I need, where I'm supposed to be. When in actuality, you're exactly where you're supposed to be as long as you're just taking small steps towards your goals every day. Uh, that's a great point. I, I feel like you can treat your business like you do your weightlifting. You know, if you're into your weightlifting, into exercise, right, you know, you've seen these personal records, um, and we understand that some people are just genetically more capable in certain exercises, so you don't compare yourself to, you know, you know that as a coach. And the same thing is with your business, too. And, and that's a lot of fun to where it's like, oh, I just made the biggest sale I've ever made. Or, oh, that was my best month ever. Um, those things are fun. It's like yeah. competition with yourself. That's what I, I get off on. Yeah, definitely. I think, too, and a lot of us come from an uh, athletic background or a competitive yeah. background, and that's also what drives me in my business is competing with myself and maybe fictitiously competing with a competitor of mine who's really not a competitor, but in my mind they are. Um, and pushing keep to improve my business and improve you know the amount of income that I bring home and also not on a bigger picture just the amount of impact I can have on my community as well absolutely you know I, I always when I first started I always wanted to be somebody um, but what you just said right there last sentence um, I, I kept telling myself I, I'm supposed to be somebody I'm supposed to be somebody and then something happened a couple of years ago and I realized you know what like, what does that mean? Be someone in the country? Or can you be someone in your community? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, you don't have to, you know, you can have a successful business and impact a lot of lives, and you don't have to be these influencers out there. You know, you can, you can really affect a lot of people's lives, and nobody knows you out of the state. Um, so I think you have to keep that in mind, and then remember it's about helping that next person. 
Absolutely. I think ultimately just continue to add, provide value to the market that is that you're trying to serve. When they look at you and you're constantly giving them value in the forms of content and what you're putting out on your website via blog or videos or what have you, if you're constantly giving and giving and giving, it's going to invoke that law of reciprocity. And in return, they're going to want to give you, you know, what for us would be become a client or give you money for you to provide the service that you've shown them you can provide and ultimately give them what they want as far as, far as results. Absolutely. Now, Zach, is there any last golden nuggets you'd like to leave the audience with? I, th I think that there are a few things that I said that have been most successful for me. Number one is take care of your clients first. You know, that, that's so important because it's easier to keep a client than it is to get a new client. Absolutely. You do have to post content consistently if you want to continually be noticed and be on top of people's minds. But you do need to reach out to people. You can't get, you have to have conversations in order to get clients. You can't hope for them to come to you. Right. Um, and lastly, imperfect action. Don't wait for something to be perfect to implement it. You know, someone else said, I think it was Eric Bach, ready, fire, and then aim. So take action and then adjust. Uh, right. you, can, you can always change the software. You can always change um, you know, how you approach it, your videos. It doesn't matter, right? Absolutely. I think, too, just ultimately just getting started, taking action, those small steps, you're going to have course adjustments along the way, but the, you, ha you can't get to where you want to be if you don't take that first step. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think... Um, if you, especially being in being, we're parents, so we have a work and we, so we're busy, busy, busy. We don't have time to sit here and obsess about all the softwares out there. And I've done it, but I've realized really quickly that it was just cutting into time at home. Right. And I wish I'm like, dang, I wish I would have stopped researching so much and just did it. Right. It's like consuming content, whether that's training or, you know, listening to this podcast, which you should be listening to this podcast. But right. ultimately, the goal is for you guys to go out and take action on the things that you're learning. If you're not taking action on what you're learning, then, then what's the point of learning it? Absolutely. Yeah. Zach, man, I want to thank you for your time and all the value bombs you dropped on the audience. It was golden. Yeah. I really you. appreciate you. And, um, how can the audience reach out to you and learn more about you know, what you're doing or if they want to reach out and ask you, how you what steps you took to get to where you are? Yeah, anybody can contact me with any questions. I'm more than willing to help out. Uh, Zach Pello, Z-A-C-H-P-E-L-L-O on Facebook. That's probably one of the easiest ways to find me on Instagram, Pello Fitness. Uh, follow me on there and uh, like I said, just let me reach out, ask any questions they'd like. Awesome. I will include those links in the show notes for this um, podcast. And again, I, like I said, I want to thank you for your time and all the value you provided. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it, Andy. I'm looking forward to seeing kind of more of your content and really uh, definitely keep an eye out for you, man. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free 30-minute business breakthrough session.